Welcome to episode 78 of Friends and Film, a podcast that states movie news and theatrical releases. On this episode, we'll cover Pitch Perfect 3's trailer, Quicksilver's return, the MCU retcon, and more after we review Baby Driver. You can find us on Twitter, Facebook, SoundCloud, and iTunes by searching Friends and Film. As always, I'm your host, Group Hood, once again, joined by a man who loves sequels more than anyone, Josh Straley. I do. I mean, all of my favorite movies have sequels, almost. Well, my favoriteest movie, favoriteest, Star Wars, yeah. has six seven and spinoffs and yes soon to be many more oh yeah perfect so uh yeah we are here to talk about not a sequel uh as far as our review goes we'll get to some sequels uh and stuff later on in the news but we are going to start with the review of baby driver the new film from edgar wright uh we will probably get into spoilers eventually on the movie so uh if you want to avoid those there'll be a timestamp in the description so you can skip those but otherwise we're going to start with the review uh and man this is just a fun movie uh Mm -hmm. just i I saw it twice uh in three days Uh, i think edgar wright is basically a genius with this film uh the editing is so good uh just with the way that he crafts it with the music which it has a really good soundtrack it's not like a awesome mix with guardians level where like i can just listen to the whole thing on repeat all the time but it has some it has some very very good songs in there that uh, I've been listening to ever since uh, I saw it the first time. Uh, it is a movie about you know this getaway driver, and whenever Baby is driving, the movie is just top notch. I mean, just the way uh, Wright shoots the th- shoots the action, the way that they just choreograph the whole thing, and they find fun and interesting ways to get out of ridiculous situations. Uh, the every single yeah. time, it is just so enjoyable. And a lot of that comes from Ansel Elgort, who plays the lead of Baby. Mm-hmm. I thought he was perfect in the role. You, I could not have probably imagined a better fit because he just has uh, Baby has like a hearing uh, disorder, or he has a, he has a hum in the drama, as Kevin Spacey would say. Yeah. And so he has to use music to drown it out. And so he just a lot of time he's just straight faced and has to do a lot with his eyes, and then just kind of let the music and then his facial expressions do a lot of the work for him and mm-hmm. Elgort does a really good job with that but then when he gets the chances to emote whether it is through the music or you know with Lily Collins uh, character uh, he really hams it up and he he makes like a big showman of himself and a lot of that comes out with his uh, his foster dad and his relationship with him which I thought was great yeah. uh, Lily Collins and him great chemistry Lily to James? get is it Lily James yes oh, <laughs> you throw me shoot. out for a second I knew I was going to mix that up, but yeah, right. Lily James. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Cause Lily Collins is an Oak job, which I also watched. So that's what gotcha. Too many lilies out there. <laughs> Anyways, Lily James, mm-hmm. not Lily Collins. Uh, just, yeah, their chemistry together is oh, yeah. so good. Uh, as between baby and Deborah, they both love music and all that stuff. And she gets kind of swept into this journey, which the first time I saw it, I didn't love because I was like, she, is making some weird decisions near the end of the movie, which I don't think any rational person would do. But then it happens all so quickly that I don't really think she has a lot of time to process it for the most part. So I, I don't have a big issue with that. Uh, the supporting cast, Kevin Spacey, Jamie Foxx, John Hamm, mm-hmm. just excellent. I mean, oh, yeah. especially Jamie Foxx. Uh, and then John Hamm really gets the third act to just go all out. Uh, there is a great single take for the second sequence of the movie right after you know the opening credits and everything and it is it is great and it shows why Edgar Wright was such he just 
he found such a unique way to make this movie and make everything feels so planned where this is like a musical action comedy in a sense uh, with cars. So (laughs) like it shouldn't work, but it does in every single way. Uh, It also is very violent (laughs) in parts near the third end, near the third act, which uh, surprised me at a couple of points, just how far they went, but it totally works. It's the best movie of the year, in my opinion. And my first five ticket stub movie of the year oh wow okay epic dude yeah uh i'm i'm right there with you and i'm just about everything you said um guillermo del toro had like this epic twitter spree about it and he called uh baby and debbie um ansel and lily james mm-hmm. modern day disney prince and princesses and i i couldn't agree more because that's there's just this romantic quality to everything that's going on around them in these epic car chases some intense violence and some great humor mm-hmm. that you just you know y- you can't not leave the theater thinking, oh, I want exactly that. Or, you know, that's the type of thing, you know, that I'm, I'm, I'm after, I'm chasing. And, you know, it, the movie is like a perfect capsulation of why we love cars, music, um, friends, and, you know, coffee, I guess, for that yeah. matter. Uh, it's It was weirdly nostalgic because he's running around with iPods everywhere that he's got for his different moods, which was like a joke I used to make, or like we, mm-hmm. we would make like, as a kid anyway, like, oh, he needs three different iPods for his outfits. Yeah. But since they're so retro now, like it's a thing that can happen. And you mentioned the editing. And yeah, this movie is practically like music video after music video after music video. And it like, it sums up our relation, at least my relationship with like my favorite tunes. Mm-hmm. Um, there's one point where he's are getting ready to start a heist and he, baby has to shut it down or restart him over because it wasn't going to be on beat. It wasn't going to, it wasn't going to sequence. Right. And then Jamie Foxx is like, what are you doing, man? And I was like, Oh, that's perfect. That's perfect. Um, and then you talked about the one take, which was excellent. I was like, this couldn't be, I had to ask you mm-hmm. because you'd seen it twice. And yeah, you to- you're totally right. Um, and then you mentioned the cast. Kevin Spacey is doing what I imagine is probably who I imagine Kaiser Sose is. You know, like if he, he did get away and didn't mm-hmm. end up getting caught, which appears that way. Yeah. So I imagine this is his second act, you know, <laughs> uh, some some collaboration there. But yeah, from John Berthal to John Hamm, Jamie Foxx, uh, Eliza Gonzalez mm-hmm. is, yeah, the, the Bonnie Clyde with her and yeah. John Hamm was perfect. Uh, what else is there? Um, my favorite scene, though, and this thing that speaks to this, the, the mixing mm-hmm. or the editing is when Baby is just gotten the coffee and John Berthal's trying to figure out his deal. And he walks up to him, yanks an ear pod out of uh, his his uh-huh. ear and then suddenly the music in the theater shifts yeah and i'm like wait a minute and then it's the music is only playing uh through the ear that baby's listening to the music in and i'm like oh that was clever yeah. and then berthal goes a step further and he's like he's listening to egyptian reggae <laughs> which is scoring you know that entire mm-hmm. scene i was like oh that was that was perfect um and you mentioned the action in it it is absolutely phenomenal everything looks uh, it's ho- looks homemade, hand done, uh, to perfection. There doesn't look like there's any. I mean, there's probably some CG, yeah. you know, happened in places, but all of it looked real. And like you said, everything was cool how they got out of it, but nothing was over the top, mm-hmm. which was perfect. Um, and all of that there. The only thing I can take away from the movie is Lily James's character, okay. Deborah, and she. <sighs> 
at times like she felt like what are you doing here type of a deal mm -hmm. like you have to have i love the cute relationship it was perfect but at the same time she like has fleeting references to a really sad backstory but they don't take any time to at least kind of open that up or flush it out and then there's um, a moment where baby's dreaming about, you know, getting on the road with her, like driving down and, you know, listening to tunes and mm -hmm. forgetting the place and love it. But at the same time, like, Oh, it kind of just pairs Lily to this idea, like just this thing that he wants. And it's not really our relationship. Yeah. And she's I, like almost like an escape for him. In yeah. And it, it was, it felt like it was just something that she was just part of a, an idea that he had, not really like, character mm -hmm. and i thought that took away from it a little bit so with all that said i got a four and a half out of five ticket stubs very very it, it just it's it's why i think we go to the movies oh I, yeah i think it's i think it's la la land of this year you know yes I, that's where i'm at yeah i think uh, i like it more than la la land personally uh i know that's probably the opposite of a lot of people um okay but yeah, I mean, I, I had very similar complaints about uh, Lily James's character sure. the first time, and then second time, I don't know if it was just watching it again and just kind mm -hmm. of knowing what's happening and just experiencing, you know, the way that it's edited with the sound and the music, the action, uh, just kind of seeing how the story plays out, and then the relationship is just kind of it happens very quickly in a sense where, yeah. you know, like at one point, like you see their first encounter, the next time he's at the diner where she works uh one of the other waitresses asks her oh yeah, how's it going with you guys and you're mm -hmm. like has he been here multiple times since then right. I'm, I'm not aware but yeah it kind of glossed over all that stuff but in the end i just didn't care oh anymore. no yeah if from that moment on it sells itself mm -hmm. excellently um from them being at the, like the washing room or the the laundromat yeah like that that was adorable and then their first date uh like that was yeah that was all terrific. I think a lot of that uh, laundry mat scene is also another one take. It, yeah, I think yeah, it absolutely is. There's a lot of those. Whether it's like after the long one take with baby getting the coffee, there's I think it's another one take of him delivering the coffee. Mm -hmm. uh, just a lot of just great uh, signs of Edgar Wright just showing off, kind of in a sense. Where he's like, yeah, all right, I, c I could cut a couple of places here, but I'm not. Yeah, I'm just gonna do. It, do it all one seamless action. It's a terrific quality because it's, it makes it feel more like a like a play yeah. or you know just less jarring and mm -hmm. fluid and fun. And yeah, and there's even perfect. like uh, like the camera movements when he's like making when baby's making his uh, foster father a sandwich where he's like swinging oh, the camera in and yes. out and in and out yes. and uh, just a lot of really good stuff there. Joe, that's his name, right? That's the I yeah. think so, yeah. yeah. And that, that that back and forth with the sign language mm -hmm. and um there's just it felt like an ode to uh, like it, it felt like an ode to music and iPods and like you know everything about that. That's what the movie felt like at its core, and I think that's why it just, was just so charming mm -hmm. anywhere because baby's he's got his vinyl, he's got his iPods, and then he even starts digging into making uh, Mix making mixes, and, yeah. and that becomes just the one of the most hilarious parts it, of the movie. It pays for me. off really big in the third <laughs> yes. end, yeah, <laughs> because Fox and Ham are just like, well, what's going on here? Yeah, that that may be a little spoilery, but okay, sure, yeah. all right. Uh, which I guess we can move into spoilers just to be safe. So uh, if you've not seen the movie, skip ahead to the news, uh, but definitely go see it and then come back to hear the sure. spoiler section. Yes. Uh, whether it's me giving it five, you giving it four and a half, pretty much it's universally agreed that it's mm -hmm. one of, if not the best movies of the year so far. So uh, we're going to move into spoilers. And yeah, like the reveal where 
like he's trying to sneak out to go on his escape with Lily James, mm-hmm. and then John Hamm finds him, and then Jamie Foxx finds him, and they're like, "Where are you going? Are you like are you bailing on this job?" And then they end up like Jamie Foxx has found his recorder, which yes. he like records conversations to make those mixes, only to then find out that they went back to his apartment, got the mixes, and then he's being confronted and all this stuff. And <laughs> Kevin Space is like, "Why do you have these? Are you like snitching?" And he's like, "Yeah, no, I." I make mixes and they're like, this has got to be the, not even the cops could make up with a dumber excuse. <laughs> yes. And then they play it and it's a great song. And everybody's yeah. just like, this kid is so dumb. Yeah. I mean, like, uh, on, yeah, throughout the most of the movie, I think you touched on it that Anzel's playing this kind of eccentric, but quiet reserved kid. Who's got all these, uh, all these niche things that he does, like from his music mm-hmm. to his like 50,000 pairs of sunglasses. sunglasses <laughs> yeah. I, think, I love when John Berthal or Jamie Foxx is yeah, it's breaking John Berthal, them. Yeah. yeah. And then he just pulls out another pair and puts them on. But yeah, uh, they're just like, they're all just looking at each other left and right while, uh, he's, he's mixed up a, a line of dialogue Kevin Spacey sets earlier in the movie, like, was he slow? Mm-hmm. And they're just like, like, you know, like we knew you were weird, but this is just over the top. Yeah. And you can just tell he's like kind of embarrassed by the whole thing, but <laughs> yes. uh, yeah, it, it is so good. I want to know, like, I wish we like on that, on like the soundtrack that you get when you buy it, if there was more of his like mixes, like yeah. one of them was called, um, there was a really clever like title, like mm-hmm. the second or third one after, uh, is he slow? But like, I think it's uh, it's like Speed Demon. Um, it's something I do like a Speed Demon or something. Okay, but yeah, yeah. I wish I wish you could have heard like more of that because like Ansel Elgort actually is like into like music and making music, and mm-hmm. he like uh, he recorded a rap for uh, this rapper Logic his la- his latest album. Like he's fe- he really? he's featured in on like a track on there. Uh, <laughs> just like I got so I would have been interested to see the rest of. Know, kind of his experimentation with music and stuff that would have been does cool. he have a does he have a name or like a, uh, an artist name i don't think so I, it was just because it was like i didn't know about it and then i like downloaded the album and then i got to the track and it was whatever the track name is featuring ansel elgort and i was like oh that has to be a, it can't be the actual ansel elgort yeah. and i was like oh it actually is okay <laughs> very cool dude that's awesome yeah so uh the one thing that's been interesting uh i didn't really think about it the first time i watched it but second time uh, I was talking with Colton after the movie got out mm-hmm. and about the ending and whether or not him, because the end of the, at the end of the movie, baby is arrested following his getaway from uh, Kevin Spacey, John Hamm and everybody else. Yeah. And him and Lily James come across a bridge and then they're barricaded on both sides by cops. He, he turns himself over. He loses the case and is thrown in jail for 25 years with, uh, I think five year yeah. option for parole. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then the movie uh, skipped like it has a little montage of him in jail and then it ends with black and white scene reminiscing the previous like imagination he had of Lily James by a car and like a very old old fashioned stuff but then this time the color comes back on there's yep. a rainbow in the background it's like oh everything's just ending happily mm-hmm. but Edgar Wright has kind of alluded to that it could not be the actual ending and that that is just another imagination of babies yeah do you think that's what it is and it wasn't the actual like he didn't actually get out early yeah it's sort of like the um it's sort of like the inception top of uh-huh. this movie you know and you kind of get to pick your ending yeah does it stop spinning does it start spinning you know does the fade into color mean that his dream is coming true and now mm-hmm. he's finally off on the road yeah. with um deborah 
I, I chose to go that route. I mean, they had, they had Simon and Garfunkel playing, so I was, <laughs> I was all about it. And they did end up using Baby Driver, which was perfect. Yeah, yeah. I um, thought I, I was I was right there with you. I didn't even think about it the first time, and then mm-hmm. uh, when me and Cole were talking about it, he was like, "Yeah, you know, I thought it was interesting that it was so similar to that ending uh, to the his like previous just thought." And I was like, "Well, maybe it is actually like." not real and it was an imagination and then yeah. like i saw an interview today with edgar Wright, where you're saying you know it's open for interpretation i was like mm-hmm. oh so he he meant it to be kind of open ending and yeah i mean i always love those endings as long as they're earned so yeah, i thought absolutely. this is a very clever one because either way uh, i think most people probably say oh yeah you know it's it's real uh he did get out early and all that mm-hmm. stuff and then she just managed to wait for him for all those years and uh even if it's not, then that's still just like a nice just thought yeah. to end on. It, yeah, it was a it was the perfect ending shot to like that whole that whole run up to the end of the movie with people coming in for character witnesses and things like that. And I don't know who was speaking for Joe, but I was like, wait a minute, could Joe talk this whole time? I'm like, oh wait, no. Yeah, he's yeah, just I, I was confused by that too at first. Yeah, uh, so that was perfect and funny, and you know, it was it was great to like because you watch Baby throughout this movie not be happy with you know the choices that are being made mm-hmm. with like a ton of people around him, and then you finally see everything that he did right you know finally come back around for character witnesses and mm-hmm. i thought that was perfect oh i want to give a shout out to uh, kevin spacey's nephew oh, in the movie yeah i have that, him down here that um, kid was awesome brogan hall yeah <laughs> he was hilarious so he was so good they uh, uh <laughs> they go to stake out the post office for the final job before it ends up going wrong mm-hmm. And, you know, baby goes in there and he, he does his job and he comes back out and get ready to, gets ready to do the report. Then this kid just like whips out everything that baby was supposed to be doing while he was yeah. in there. And he's like, it was like, yep, that's why I actually sent him in there. Yep. Yeah, it was great. And uh, what did you think was the more surprising moment in the film when Jamie Foxx was speared through the chest? Oh, my goodness. Or when Kevin Spacey was shot, hit by a car and then backed over again by a car it was, it was the backed over by the other car because uh-huh. i'm like hey, you know what kevin's dead all right we're done with him but yeah. then when ham shows up in the police cruiser to run to to run him over and then to back over him again and then yeah. back over him again you know in the escape or in like the in chasing down baby yeah, yeah. And chasing down baby is like whoa yeah, they was, really went there <laughs> yeah because you you see his head just go like a oh, grape yeah. and it's it's gruesome but then you once you kind of convince yourself that oh that's just a prop it's hilarious right and it's like yeah it, it is like men as like a shock moment but also just kind of like that you know just unique sensibility of just comedy that edgar wright has mm-hmm. where i don't think i've ever seen kevin spacey die on screen before no not that i can think of uh and to see it happen in such a brutal way where he like you know he gets shot once and they're like he's good like oh he's gonna make it out he gets shot again in the back it's like oh yeah. he's still standing it'll be okay mm-hmm. then he gets hit by a car yeah <laughs> and then yes. ran over again it's like okay they really wanted to just make it know that yeah he's dead yeah he because he's like he's the looming figure of the yeah. entire movie and then just to watch him just be blasted away and then shredded to pieces mm-hmm. it was it was oddly satisfying yeah it was. the jamie fox thing too was was it was gruesome for a second. And then I was like, well, it serves him. Right. Right. <laughs> I was just so shocked. Like the first time it happened, I was like, I, whoa. Okay. Yeah. It <laughs> like was, maybe it went was, there. It was foreshadowed a bit. Cause you know, they show you that like, yeah. Oh, that thing is sticking out there. Hey, Hey. Uh, but when he actually did it, I was just like, Oh my goodness. Yeah. And the same thing with him shooting John Hamm in the diner too. Yeah. Like I kept thinking, Oh, Lily James is going to smack him in the head with uh-huh. a coffee pot. 
that seemed like a classic you right. know, go-to move. Never happened. Lady comes out from the back. He's like, hey, guys. And then baby just shoots yeah. him. <laughs> and it was perfect. Yeah, it was. Like, there's this, he's, he's so stoic that you don't think anything's going on mm-hmm. in his head or it just feels like he's daydreaming right. when he's really concocting plans and that's really a perfect... Yeah, uh, or like when he's just like Jamie Foxx like, uh, talk, you know, this guy's not listening. Mm-hmm. Like, And then he's oh, like, yes. takes off the earbuds and just recites it like word for word. Uh, just like moments like that or when... Uh, you know, he's like parkouring around the park after that, oh, yes. after killing Jamie Foxx or leaping over the cop car or whatever. Mm-hmm. Just moments of like that where you're like, El Gore is just so good and so good in this role where I want to see him do so much more moving forward. Yeah, absolutely. And then I got one note here about it. Appre- the movie appreciating what it is and who Baby is. Uh-huh. Because once Baby finally thinks he finishes with like, you know, the underworld and gets his hands clean. Mm-hmm. What does it what does an epic driver do? You know, with yeah. all of his skills? He becomes a Deliver pizza delivery. Pizzas, yeah. <laughs> yes. And I was like, that is perfect. Yeah, it is. I mean it doesn't last obviously, but uh, I just thought that was one great great way to kinda like be meta and not take the movie not take the movie so seriously, which mm-hmm. is what Edgar Wright's films, you know, ultimately do. Yeah. And I I thought that was the best. You have any other thoughts on Baby Driver? I have. I think I have run them all out. Yeah, all right. I'm the gold. only thing I have, which isn't really actually a thought on Baby Driver, it's more on Elgort. Mm-hmm. After seeing this movie, would you have rather him be cast as Han Solo instead of Alden? Hmm, that's yeah. a good question. I know it's tough because we haven't actually seen Alden yet, yeah. but you know, coming off of this, seeing him in previous stuff before, where really we have just Alden from. Uh, the Coen Brothers movie, which I cannot remember the name of for the last two weeks for whatever reason. Hail Caesar. Yes. Uh, what 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 do you think? You know, the, here's the thing. The thing about well, see, that's so hard to say because this casting took place a year ago, right? And back then, Ansel was um, he was the Fault in Our Stars kid. Yeah, was, coming off of I think I mean he's in the first Divergent movie. Yeah, I maybe mean maybe another one. I can't in, remember. In a, in, a, in a smaller role mm-hmm. than you know anyone was accustomed to. Yeah, but he absolutely crushed it here, and I think his next project is Mayday nine one nine oh seven or something. Yeah, but yeah. it's JFK's uh, time yeah, he plays in World a young War JFK, I, yeah. or World War Two, uh, which. It should be cool. Yeah, it should be very cool, and I think he'll do a fantastic job. And he is out of the young adult world, and you know, he's getting ready to break through that A-list celebrity. Oh yeah, deal here. Yeah, I think. I mean, I think. Obviously, we haven't seen Alden, but just basing his performance off of like Hale Caesar, I think he could, he'll do a good job. Yeah. Uh, despite what you know, some reports are saying or other reports are saying about mm-hmm. how he's doing on Han Solo so far. Um, but I, yeah, I think. Elgort would have been a great choice uh, to have as Han Solo. I don't know if it nec- it probably wouldn't have helped any of the problems it's currently undergoing, but I mean, you never know. Yeah. Hopefully, he gets something else in the future. Absolutely, and then for Lily James too, because I, oh, yeah. I really want to see her take on uh, a bigger role. Yes, because I mean that that was my only complaint from this entire movie. Um, so hopefully she gets justice done. You know, going forward too. Yeah, I mean she's she's great in Cinderella, and uh, yeah, so. absolutely. We'll have to wait and see, but that's all we got for a review of Baby Driver. We'll be back in a bit with uh, some news. And <laughs> yeah, we're back with the news and kicking off our first trailer of the week. We got our first look at the Jumanji uh, reboot sequel uh, titled Jumanji Welcome to the Jungle. 
reimagining, I think is the best way to say it. And it is, it looks like an abhorrent disservice <laughs> to the Bonnie Hunt, Robin Williams, uh, 1995 movie. Also, I mean, I'll probably see it, but, oh, oh what is happening here? You mean an Atari video game? That's how this is going down. Yep. And you know, like, uh, I mean, the rock is there. Um, Karen Gillian looks like she's phenomenal. Kevin Hart is going to be hilarious. Mm-hmm. And, Jack Black is Jack Black there, yeah. I guess. <laughs> but what what is going on here, man? Like, what did you think? Uh, I'm not about it. I did not have really any expectations going into this trailer or this movie in general. I'm mm-hmm. not a huge fan of the first movie, so that's, they that's can, the wrong answer. They can going. they can do whatever they want. It doesn't really affect me uh, with this one. And I think it just looks like a dumb, fun family movie. I don't think yeah. it'll. It probably won't be any good, but there'll probably be a few moments of laughter or cool action scenes and like the characters like say that they have like powers because it's a video game so Mm -hmm. seeing them figure what those are i think could be cool i don't know what the movie's about other than them getting sucked into this game and then trying to find their way out i would assume yeah uh but it looked i mean because it is you know these high schoolers getting sucked into the game and then they have to choose their avatars and stuff it could lend itself to some good comedic stuff with, you know, kind of the outcast nerdy guy being beefed up to be mm-hmm. the rock. You have the jock being shrunk down to be Kevin Hart. You have the hot, you know, cheerleader, you know, stereotype girl basically be Jack Black, which yeah. I think is funny. Then you have like the the nerdy ish girl being Karen Gillan and making like the first references like, Why am I wearing short shirts and a yeah. cut off T shirt in the <laughs> middle of the jungle? Like I think it can have some fun with those character dynamics mm-hmm. um but how well it does with that i don't i don't know yeah like i mean if it lands you know somewhere in the middle of like family but also cliche superhero like antics and adventure movie mm-hmm. satire or you know like poking fun at like the world that it's trying to be right that could probably lend itself to being funny especially if like karen jillian's gonna be like mocking well at least Either they're co- trying to cover their tracks for, you know, the the short shorts and shirt type deal of like Laura Croft style uh-huh. making fun of it, I guess. If that goes on, that could be a good joke, I suppose. But, ah, just left a sour taste in my mouth seeing that that's what it's become. Yeah, I think the trailer ends with like Jack Black getting eaten by a hippo. Yeah. Uh, I don't think that was the best way to end it because <laughs> no. I was enjoying it for the most part, I would, I would say, I guess, up until that point. I was like, that is just so weird like is does he lose a life then like what yeah <laughs> what happens it'll be interesting to see how like the what are the rules of the game exactly if you will because that that's the big part of jumanji yeah so hopefully that doesn't get thrown to the wayside but uh a trailer you were highly anticipating was the greatest showman yes what'd you think of this one if this movie is a tenth of how good watching the trailer makes you feel <laughs> uh it's gonna be terrific i guess i mean you just as soon as you see hugh jackman get fired and then the, the music kicks off, mm-hmm. and uh, which I imagine is going to be the the title track or you know the the score that everyone remembers. Right. Uh, you're just I found myself just like smiling the mm. entire way watching like the bearded lady strut and like the elaborate dance number happening behind them. Uh, I loved it. I thought it was epic. Um, you know, it looks like a ton of fun. That's 
not movie that's not taking itself too seriously. I'm so glad they went the musical route and ditched the gritty origin story <laughs> of P.T. Barnum for something fun and, you know, that tries to replicate what the show, the circus was all about, you know? And I, I loved it. How about you? Yeah, I thought it, I thought it was really good as well. Uh, I mean, just looking at the cast, you know, Hugh Jackman's like Efron Zendaya, mm-hmm. who hopefully will be impressed with even more come next week. And then, you know, Michelle Williams coming off of uh, an Oscar nomination. Like, yeah. It's got a stat cast. The music was great. The set design, everything, it looks the part. And, you know, if they can keep up with all this and mm-hmm. even, like, their their pre-trailer trailer thing that, like, companies are doing now. Oh, yeah. They did it in a super clever way where it's, like, they called it a trapeze trailer mm-hmm. where Hugh Jackman released a five-second clip and then Zendaya released a, the next five seconds and then Zac Efron and then somebody else. And it's, like, yeah. you just do, like, I thought that was even clever. So if they can keep that up with the actual movie uh and have you know great song and dance numbers and good performances from yeah. you know i think the four leads then yeah i think this is going to be a really good hit right around christmas yeah i mean and just like i don't know huge huge jackman just he is he, he's charismatic but in like the feel, in a feel good way and mm-hmm. like when he's talking to uh the the dwarf like trying to like get him to come yeah. on the show like he's like come on man like we need people like you people that are fantastic and this is like yeah dude come on yeah, like come why on, would, how it. could you say no to you jackman you can't. I, just, I don't think you can uh, exactly and it just uh it was it was it was the mo- i watched because the jumanji trailer and then we got uh, I, well i we watched had, we had pitch perfect come out first then yeah. greatest showman and then jumanji it took me a day to get to the greatest showman trailer okay. so i watched the jumanji one first and I was just like, you know, so so disgusted. And then I watched this and I'm like, yes, that's what I was Levitated, yeah. Mm-hmm. So if, if anything, Jumanji, the Jumanji trailer made you like this trailer probably even more. So if, there, if that was yeah. one thing good to come out of that Jumanji trailer for mm-hmm. you, oh, absolutely. it would be your reaction to this. Yeah, absolutely. But we also got our first teaser trailer for Pitch Perfect 3. And I have no idea what's happening. Oh. I don't <gasps> like where this is going. Okay. Because... First two movies, especially the first one, it's mm-hmm. all acapella. It's all about characters. It's about that group dynamic of the Bellas. Yeah. It's about, you know, Anna Kendrick, Rebel Wilson, you know, later on, you know, Haley Steinfeld just having a good time, singing some music, you mm-hmm. know, just getting into a little bit of trouble. In this one, there's explosions jumping off of cruise ships. <laughs> yes. Rebel Wilson has nunchucks. Like, <laughs> that's not what I want from a Pitch Perfect movie. And now okay. they're bringing in rock bands and, like, other bands in general. So mm-hmm. you're giving me less acapella. Uh, it just it seems like a total just step away from what these movies were before. And sure. I, I don't – I don't – I'm not excited. It made me way less excited for this movie. After seeing this trailer, not even because I mean, really, less yeah. excited. Yes, like you, less excited. Play, okay, well, I I am in total disagreement. Wow. Like, listen, the plot looks super super thin. I don't expect anything from it, but I'm there for Rebel Wilson, Anna Kendrick, Brittany Snow, and everyone else that's a part of that ensemble. Um, Kay Cannon is the writer producer. Uh, I mean, like she's born out of Thirty Rock, a new girl. The comedy is like you know is what I'd live for in these like movies and I've gotten it every time. Mm-hmm. And I thought Pitch Perfect 2 was oh, well, wasn't as good as the first, but it was still it's funny. The the beats were just as good, the songs were as terrific. Uh and you know, I I was all about it. I I love the idea like that uh, Elizabeth Banks and John Higgins are tracking down the Bellas like you know trying to see how their lives like turn out, you know, cuz they cuz th- to see how they 
uh, have adapted to life without the the acapella group mm-hmm. and like they're making fun of them for not being able to move on with their lives get there those two yeah, are yeah. just tracking them down and like trying to relive their glory days so i thought that's a hilarious parody especially when they're like they really need to join the workforce yeah. and then they're like you're sitting here commentating exactly. on it. come yeah. on guys but uh yeah i mean the the comedy and the writers and the people in this movie are always good you know are always going to have my heart so uh I can't I can't diss this movie until I see it because okay. it's born out of this the alumni of Thirty Rock and Tina Fey and like you know all of this stuff that I I can't pass up so hmm. I I just I just don't know like what what it is like you know yeah. even like Pitch Perfect two like they raised the stakes I guess you could say and mm-hmm. like there's the, like the moment where they're like doing like these huge elaborate numbers and like they're you know, sp- you know, spinning fire and doing hula hoops and flags and all that stuff. And it's like, it's ridiculous, but funny. Yeah. But then this one's like, there's, it's it, like they took the shot from Baywatch of the rock jumping off a cruise ship with a girl <laughs> and like, yeah. all right, let's do that with Rebel Wilson and Anna Kendrick. And it's, it just doesn't seem like that fits into the movie. Why, how do they get like wrapped up in a situation where they have sure. like guards trying to beat them up or blow up a boat or like mm-hmm. whatever it is happening yeah. it just i don't i don't know how it works i'd rather see you know the pitch i gave like a couple oh, months yeah. ago the under the undergrounds the uh, underground versus yeah, Channing Tatum exactly square get, off with zach efron's cameo yes get a little you know hip-hop uh, break dancing stuff going on yeah I, that seems more along the lines of a of a better progression for these characters rather than all right we're, we graduated from the bellas we're out of college moving on okay, we all suck at our jobs or got fired. Uh, yeah. Let's do this again. <laughs> sure. Uh, yeah, I hear you. We want to relive the glory days. Yeah. I will admit, though, they are out of road. They're, they're, there's no more road left after this. There can't and, be. Yeah, which is fine. Because, uh, like, how does Haley Steinfeld get wrapped up in this? She's supposed to be in college. <laughs> she's part of the Bellas, though, maybe. We don't know well, how many years it is in the future. It, I, I mean, it seems like it's, like, the immediate, like, right after Pitch Perfect 2, kind mm. of. Ooh, well, we'll see. I I'm and gonna like, give where, it a chance. Like, where's Jake Austin? Where's um, uh, Zach or not Zach Levine? Uh, Adam Devine. Adam Devine. Yeah, yeah. Like, where where are those guys? Like, they're always they're always fun. Where's Benji? Like, yeah. Come I on. Don't know. Hopefully they're still in there. But I mean, I, I always love to see those guys. And you know, after like, I love the German group and in, in oh, second yeah, movie. Hopefully Ruby Rose and her group can match up to those guys, but. I, I just I don't know. It just doesn't seem like the movie I wanted to get for a third movie in this uh, this trilogy. No, I agree with you. Benji will not be in it though because he was on. I can't think of his name. Um, ben Platt is that right? Uh, that sounds right. Yeah, he was in a play on Broadway. Mm-hmm. Uh, Dear Evan Hansen, which yeah. is really good. And recommend the soundtrack, but oh, okay. he couldn't. Yeah, so he's definitely not in the film. Alrighty. I don't know about Skylar Austin though. Yeah, well, uh, let's uh, move off from trailers, get to some news. We got a really cool uh, reveal from Tom Holland. Yeah, who, we did. Uh, he's kind of like the spoiler king. You know, he said that you know I can't. He said that he can't read the Infinity War scripts because Marvel's afraid that he's going to leak and spoil <laughs> things. And uh, in an interview this week with Huffington Post, he confirmed a very popular fan theory uh, relating back to Iron Man two and the Stark Expo, where if you remember the movie, uh, there's a scene where. Uh, Hammer's drones are kind of roaming around. They're going to kill people and all that stuff. And there's a little kid with Iron Man mask on, and one of the drones lands in front of it. And the kid holds out his arm like he's got, like he's Iron Man, like pretending to shoot the drone. Yeah. Iron Man swoops in, kills the drone. And he's like, "Nice job, kid," and leaves. Mm-hmm. And 
it turns out, according to Tom Holland and the conversation he had with Kevin Feige, that that is Peter Parker. Yeah. So our first, uh, <laughs> you know, Peter Parker's actual MCU debut actually happened in Iron Man 2 back in uh, 2010. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I think that's awesome. It is. And it totally lines up with, uh, like, you know, like timeline and age and everything. So it is, it is perfect. I say, yeah. Um, and it's a cute little moment. Like that kind of works out that, you know, his admiration for Tony Stark and Iron Man, you know, dates all the way back to, you know, getting his life saved or, Mm -hmm. you know, or well in the kids, the kids mind, right though he saved tony stark i guess in that in that moment right but yeah it was awesome yeah I, I don't they're probably not gonna they're not gonna reference that, i don't think in homecoming uh, but you know maybe that'll come in infinity war or something mm-hmm. later down where he's like you know uh actually when i was like eight years old yeah you i was at stark expo and he's like oh wait i remember that and like yeah <laughs> i think that's super cool and i love that they marvel's kind of starting to embrace all these different fan theories whether it's like you know, Stan Lee being a watcher, mm-hmm. uh, or, you know, this, like, I think it's cool that they're like, you know, that wasn't what we planned initially, but nothing changes if we do this. So right. why not yeah, make it, exactly. like, why not make it canon? I think it's awesome. Mm-hmm. So, uh, moving on to the Fox Marvel universe. Ah, uh, yes. Uh, they apparently have very big plans moving forward as, uh, they have confirmed release dates, uh, for the two additional films in 2019, which they already had one 2019 film lockdown plus three more in 2020 and one in 2021. So do you have any guesses on what these could be? And do you think this is actually like a good sign that Fox actually has a plan or are they just, just trying to capitalize on the Deadpool Logan success? I mean, I think that's what it, I mean, listen, you've had two successful back to back films. Well, yeah, well, no, you yeah. had Deadpool. You've got Logan. You oh yeah, have Apocalypse was in the middle of there. The, the, gar- about the, that. the flaming garbage dumpster that was <laughs> Apocalypse, and you know, the, which that can be retconned by you know uh, a lot of things. But they have New Mutants coming out that looks like um, Josh Boone is uh, leading the way with a really innovative idea, mm-hmm. and maybe that spans three movies oh, yeah. or the X Force films. Mm-hmm. And uh, there's potentially of of getting a Diane. X twenty three. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Dan Keaton that doesn't sound no, right. No, no, that's no. A, Daphne Keen's the actress. Daphne, yeah, yes, Daphne it's Laura Keen's Kinney a, is her name. Yes, and you know what if she she's got an X twenty three spinoff, or mm-hmm. they're they're bringing somebody else in to carry on that story arc and uh, and the reality that Logan existed. Right. You know. So yeah, I I mean, and then there's Fantastic Four too, which is still you know potentially out there, like mm-hmm. we talked about last week. Yep. So there's so many there's so much potential there. I just, you know, you have to kind of wonder, okay, I mean, what, do you have, this is a plan or is this just like, we have 30,000 scripts here. Let's pick six and let's go. make some. Yeah. 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 I mean, they could always, you know, move off these dates. I mean, they're, they're setting dates that are five, four, four or five years in the future. Like there's probably no way that that exact day on 2021 that they're going to hit that exact release date like mm-hmm. they'll probably be shipped in a week or two or a couple months who knows um i think that you know we'll probably you know one of those films will probably be x-force one of them will be deadpool 3 we'll get a new mutant sequel probably as long as it does good uh you know the eighth x-men movie whether that's a continuation off of dark phoenix or it's you know a completely new trilogy where they push it into the logan territory or whatever it is yeah. um there's like there was an Alpha Flight uh, Easter egg spot on the Deadpool two set, so maybe they're gonna get their own movie. Uh, they've been talked about that before. Maybe uh, you know Fantastic Four. Maybe they'll do a Fantastic Four X Men crossover. 
uh, because they have to make a Fantastic Four movie. And I think by 2021, probably. Otherwise, those rights are probably back at Marvel. Mm-hmm. Uh, other than that, do you think uh, any of these films could be for Gambit? Oh, I forget about that yeah. movie. Um, yeah, probably. Mm-hmm. I mean, but we have not had an update about that movie since other than we were it, it's coming. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Since like it's still a thing. We're we're, that, st- we're still you know considering it. Yeah, exactly. We're still throwing money into the furnace of mm-hmm. you know whoever is keeping that script afloat in the yeah. studio or whatever the case is. Uh, I imagine maybe, probably, but you know I'm sure they're just keeping their cards close not keeping their cards close to their chest but they've got balloons up and they're right. ready to you know guesstimate when something mm-hmm. will happen yeah i don't i don't really think i mean they're probably hoping that one of these would be gambit whether or not it is uh based on its current track record probably not yeah i don't <laughs> so, think so uh moving on to uh staying with the x-men universe but into new mutants we talked a couple weeks ago about rosario dawson looking like she was going to be the latest member of the mutants cast uh, that's actually not going to happen according to the hot reporter and alice braga has uh, actually replaced her in that role of dr cecilia reyes so do you like this uh this swap or does it change anything for you well i mean rosario dawson is obviously rosario dawson a kick butt actress in a lot of things uh so it is a little bit disappointing to see her not like land the role or you know opt out for it but uh alice braga is is good. Done. Did solid work in I Am Legend mm-hmm. and uh, Elysium, that Matt Damon movie, <laughs> which you know. So definitely on board for it. Yeah, it's I all my elevator profile. Which yes. hopefully is, you know if the movie does well, perfect. Yeah, I mean, uh, yeah, I, I really like her in I Am Legend. Uh, she has a decent sized part in Elysium, I would say, but I don't really remember anything from that movie where I'm like. Oh yeah, Alice Braga really blew me away with that performance in Elysium. Yeah, uh, more so for *My Legend* with her mm-hmm. just being the protective mom and everything. So her joining, I think, is cool. Um, and you no, know, I am sad to see Rosario Dawson step off. But if that's because she is has an increased role in *Luke Cage* season two or just the Netflix Marvel universe in general, then I I'm totally fine with that because yeah. she's great yeah, as Claire Temple. So I don't want to see her any less than Marvel wants her to be in it. So. Uh, we also got a new addition to the cast of Deadpool 2 with Hunt for the Wilder People star Julian Dennison joining in an undisclosed role. Have you seen Hunt for the Wilder People? I have not seen it yet. You got to see it, man. I know I do. But tell me about this kid. Why is he awesome? Uh, he just has a very dry wit, but also sarcastic. Uh, I think a lot of it comes from being directed by Taika Waititi okay. in Hunt for the Wilder People. But just seeing him, a picture of him piggybacking on Deadpool with like <laughs> he has red hair it looks like there's like a a Japanese sign neon sign in the background I don't know what that means mm-hmm. for the movie or what his character is going to be but I'm glad to see him jump from super low budget indie that was a really good critical hit to now going and being in what will be one of the biggest movies of 2018 probably yeah so I think it's great he's absolutely incredible and helpful to other people and to see him have more options and more uh, just publicity, yeah. it's always a great thing. He looks hilarious. And if there's any any sort of dynamic or back and forth between him and Deadpool, uh, it just looks like it could be good. Right. And even like him and like Negasonic Teenage Warhead, I think, could have a really yeah. funny yes. uh, relationship back and forth. Yeah. Uh, this guy, this is a pretty good cast for the sequel, which awesome. 
no surprise, but yeah, totally on board for this. And I know something you were very excited about was the return of Evan Peters as Quicksilver for uh, X-Men Dark Phoenix. According to the Hollywood Reporter, he is officially back. Yes. And this was like, I think last week I was just, uh, I was extremely negative about the Dark Phoenix movie coming out. And I'm like, where's Evan Peter? He's he's legitimately the only thing that saved that movie from being <laughs> just a utter disaster. Even though his arc in Apocalypse is non-existent, almost. It's exi- no, it exists, but it's but th- smashed into th- so many pieces, and, and there's no, no payoff. One, yeah, there's no payoff, or n- no one decided to arrange it at yeah. all. Um, so, uh, uh, yeah, it was just a huge eye roll after you know an epic introduction uh, to the guy. So, yes, this is great. I'm I'm so happy about it. Uh, my only question is, what song is he gonna rock out to? You know, but that's yeah. This was thank goodness they got him back. And maybe one of those movies is a Quicksilver spinoff. Maybe that uh, would be a nightmare to produce. I, yeah, I don't know how they would. I mean, they could obviously do it. It would probably do decently well because people love Quicksilver a lot because of his scene stealing, you know, slow motion shots from uh, Days of Future Past and Apocalypse. So mm-hmm. to see him come back for Dark Phoenix, I think is great. I don't know how exactly he factors in because this could be a potentially very cosmic heavy story and why you would bring a speedster to space or how he would be involved. I don't know, but I guess he is a part of that new X-Men lineup that Mystique's leading at the end of Apocalypse. So I guess it makes sense for him to be there. Yeah. And uh, he'll probably be involved in some Earth sequence early on and then get pushed aside yeah. later on. Yeah, because that happens. That happens. No, no. He's a part of the end of Apocalypse. Yeah. Right. Where he just walks up to Magneto, his father, for his whole purpose of saying, you're my father, only yeah. to say nothing. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so hopefully so. they can at least uh, resolve that conflict this mm-hmm. time around. Please. But we also got an update on uh, the Han Solo movie. We actually got a lot of updates about you know all the controversy around Lord of Miller and stuff. We're not really going to touch on that because it's a lot of he said, she said, basically. But uh, that hashtag show is reporting that Jabba the Hutt is going to be involved in the Young Han Solo movie. Hmm. Well, uh, I think he needs to be. Yeah. I mean, he seems like a very key, he's a key antagonist for Han Solo. Um, mentioned once, twice, and I mean, he's, he's in all three movies. Mm-hmm. Well, he's... He's mentioned in all three yes. films. His presence looms over the character, so of course he's got to have his roots. And uh, yeah, I'm all about it. Perfect. Yeah, I mean, he's like when we first see him in A New Hope, Han Solo. Like he's look. It sounds like he's basically coming off of a mission or in the middle of a mission with Jabba. So mm-hmm. to have him be involved in the young Han Solo movie, which is probably going to lead up pretty, pretty well into A New Hope in some regard. Yeah. Whether it's just setting up that working relationship. Uh, or just having him cameo in you know, a, a two-minute scene. I think it's very cool to have Jabba back, and it makes sense, which because of that, I can't really complain about it. So. Yeah. I mean, you know, my I, I can only imagine, though, like what Lord and Miller had in store for Jabba. Oh yeah, <laughs> just thinking about their 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 sense of humor and things like that. I can I can only imagine the levels of uh, uh, discourse that Jabba and Han would be having you know, throughout the movie. Because Lucasfilms made kind of a push in the last couple of movies to go back to practical. Do you mm-hmm. think he'll be mainly practical, or they'll use the mm-hmm. advancements in technology of 2018, 2017 ish 
uh, to do them all CG. I say you look for a practical job of the hut with some with some, some CGI CG enhancements. Yep. Yep. I think so too. That makes sense. And uh, we do have some sequels to talk about as well. Uh, one that is happening, one that may happen. The one that is happening is uh, a sequel for The Accountant, the uh, kind of hit from 2016, starring Ben Affleck and Gavin o- and directed by Gavin O'Connor. Deadlines reveal that Warner Brothers has given the sequel a green light, uh, and that I think I think they're targeting a release in the next couple of years, and that they're expecting John Bernthal to return as well. Uh, did we review the accountant? I can't really remember. We did review we did, the accountant, and yeah. you liked it, right? And I, so did I. I thought it was good. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So, are you interested in a sequel? I, I don't know where you go with a sequel because I thought the whole point of the accountant was about his his journey like part history part present mm-hmm. and trying to make that relationship with Anna Kendrick work you yeah. know and that, and that was part of like it, it was a mixed bag in terms of feelings and them trying to get that whole th- relationship across but the the ending was satisfying enough and where do you go from there other than him driving his trailer out into the countryside again so uh, I, I thought Gavin O'Connor was working on the Green Hornet but yeah you know, I just, I don't know where you take the accountant to, you know, does he, you know, the audit, I don't, I don't <laughs> what would you think? I, 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 I'm a huge fan of the accountant. So that the fact that it's getting a sequel, I think is very cool. Uh, I really loved Ben Affleck in the, in the movie. And I think Gavin O'Connor is a great director. Mm-hmm. So to have them back together, I think is cool. And if you bring John Bernthal back as well, you got three really great pieces. I would, I don't know if they would bring back Anna Kendrick, because um, I feel like that'd be kind of contrived if they did that based on how it ends for her, yeah. unless she starts seeking him out or something. But mm-hmm. uh, the movie, I, th- I think the version of this I'd actually like to see the most is basically like Bernthal and Affleck team up. Yeah. And then, mm-hmm. uh, you know, uh, Cynthia Die Robinson, who kind of takes on that J.K. Simmons role yeah. in the movie, maybe she like finds about something super shady that she can't deal with because she's like, an actual government agent, and then she contacts Ben Affleck. It's like, I need you guys to take care of this. And then it's, he's like, okay, well, I can't do it by myself. I'm going to get my brother. We're going to do this big team up. And it could be, I think it could be very fun and cool, just like the first one. Oh, okay. Yeah, definitely. There's, there, I guess there's definitely room to flush out Affleck's past more because there is, there is some allusions to, you know, how he became who he is. Uh-huh. But there's, there's a wide open space there for um, Aflac's like military days and things like that that they don't really talk about. So there's plenty of backstory you could bring out a villain mm-hmm. or you know some kind of unfinished business. Oh yeah, for sure. And we may be getting a sequel for Power Rangers, uh, this latest incarnation that we got uh, earlier this year. As director Dean Israelite told Screen Rant that conversations are ongoing between Lionsgate and Saban, the uh, producing company for the power rangers uh to get a sequel going do you think it'll happen it's it, sequels are about capitalizing on profits yes right and power rangers came remarkably close i don't know if they crossed the finish line no, i don't think they did i mean maybe merchandising put them over the top sure and merchandising but puts a lot of stuff over the top box office wise it was definitely not what they were hoping for. it didn't even do what i thought it was gonna do so probably didn't do what you know the studio thought either yeah, worldwide it was just a no-go yeah i think it was 
it's either right around three hundred million dollars worldwide or under it. And mm-hmm. I think the movie had like a hundred fifty million dollar budget. So yeah, with marketing and all that stuff, it there's no way it cracked even. Yeah, absolutely. So it was an okay movie. I just don't know if we'll end up. I mean, we may end up seeing it as long as merchandising saved it. Uh-huh. But the movie was okay, but it has some problems. It needs to. I mean, it needs to decide go closer to R or go closer to PG because that PG thirteen was. You remember when we reviewed uh-huh. it? It just felt like it was in a weird place. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I th- I would love to see a sequel to it uh, because I I found it really enjoyable. It's definitely not the greatest movie ever made, but no. it it's super campy, just like the original, you know, shows and everything. So if they if they announce a sequel, I'd be totally on board for it. Plus, you know, looking at it from you know Lionsgate perspective, they probably invested a lot of money because they were like, you know, we have seven movies planned for this yeah, franchise. That's right. Uh, they probably have all of those actors on contracts for multiple films. They even tease, you know, introducing the Green Ranger at the end of the movie. I mean, why not just at least try it? Just lower the budget down to like $100 million. If it does similar box office results, you at least make your money back. And mm-hmm. then you can maybe think about ending it with a trilogy. But, you know, I don't, I don't think it's a guarantee it'll happen. But I think we, there's a pretty good chance we'll at least get one more just because of everything they have invested. It has a really good cast. If they can find a you know a, a villain that's going to be more well-received, actually put the Power Rangers in it for more than 15 minutes, mm-hmm. then I think it'll it'll get probably better reviews and probably do a lot better at the box office as well. So Yeah. Yeah, no kidding. I even forgot. I forgot Elizabeth Banks is in that movie. Yeah, she is. <laughs> The, such a, it was it was just so tonally w- weird that I mean hopefully they they found their tar- maybe they it was this was a good test run they found their target demo and then they can go all out um, just kind of like Guardians two did in a couple of ways yeah maybe uh, but that's all the news we got so we're gonna move on to the big question of the week and because we got a couple of sequels announced or teased this week. Uh, Josh wanted to talk about the sequel problem, possibly, that's happening in Hollywood, where it seems like every single movie is a sequel or reboot or whatever. And But we wanted to talk about, specifically, what is the one movie in the last decade, so from 2007 to now, that most deserves a sequel that hasn't got one or not is not currently having one developed or anything? What's the one that needs to happen the most? Josh, what's your answer? And, well, surprisingly, this was one of your answers too yes. well not surprisingly because it's, it's so movie. universally decided it seems like but it's i am legend um it starred will smith directed by francis lawrence who also did catching fire in the mm-hmm. mocking jay uh, films and then it was uh, the cinematographer was andrew lesney who did lord of the rings king kong and the hobbits yeah. uh and oh and also rise of the planet of the apes i didn't oh. know that one good job man but anyway it was it was such a good flick it was about um first of all will smith makes the movie with him and his dog and interacting across the city of new york but outside of that it took place in a really awesome world where it felt like it was a zombie horror apocalypse movie but at the same time it was its own genre of man-eating monsters and it was phenomenal and that's when we had um alice brecca show up Mm -hmm. with her kid you know and kind of like plant the seeds to an entire film about surviving uh these i think vampires is the best way to describe them yeah they're 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 like vampire zombies because like they have to 
die first, but then once they are alive, they can't be in the sun. So mm-hmm. yeah. however you want to describe that. Yeah. yeah. It, it was so cool. I mean, it was about like isolation, regret, and, you know, dealing with, um, you know, your sanity in a lot of ways. Mm-hmm. And, you know, the, the movie is beautifully shot and well done that I, I would love to see another sequel take place about, you know, the legend of Will Smith. Like what what did that formula work? Right. What's what's the cause and effects of, you know, that happening? And since this movie this isn't like a this movie wasn't a film that was more idealistic, it was sort of just about like, you know, this is happening. I feel it feels like perfect fodder for a sequel. I mean, it did it had a budget of like 100 million, did 500 million at the box office. Uh so seems like it would be a perfect movie to do a sequel about mm-hmm. and yet not even a peep other than you nope. know the weird blog you'll stumble across that swears it's coming <laughs> out in 2015 or 2010 or you know whatever right. the case is but that never that happened, never happened clearly. I, was so, I was always disappointed with that but how about you what yeah. is what's the 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 number one movie on my list uh it's district nine Oh. Uh, I know. I don't think you like it very much. I it it's good. It's good for what it tries to do, but execution wise and things like that, I thought it was always B ish. Okay. Yeah. No. I I just love the way it unfolds. I love the story that Neil Blomkamp sets up. Mm-hmm. Charlotte Copley is awesome in the lead role, and to see what happens next when. You know, they make it very clear that he, that Charlotte Colby's character turned into one of those, you know, those aliens, especially like, cause it deals with like, you know, oppression, uh, oh, segregation yeah. and all that stuff. Deal, putting a sequel out now with, you know, the focus being on one of the, the outsiders, basically not on the humans, I think would be really, mm-hmm. really brave to do. Uh, and Blomkamp has kind of fallen off a lot of people's, uh, radar because of, you know, Elysium and Chappie. But he started making these uh, these independent film, like these independent experimental films, going straight mm-hmm. to YouTube, uh, called Oats Volume One, Volume Two, and stuff. Yeah, they look so just unique and interesting, and has he has great casts for a YouTube thing, like Elle Fanning, uh, Sigourney Weaver is going to be in part of it. Like he's getting like crazy good talent to be in these, and. I think it's crazy for somebody not to want to do that because that, that movie was made on like a $30 million budget or something mm-hmm. and these special effects are, they hold up so well today, 10 years later or 10 or 8 years later, whatever it came out, I think it was 2009. Yeah. Um, eight years later, it still holds up super well. Plus, you know, it made a lot of money at the box office. It was critically well received. I don't see why you wouldn't give Neil Blomkamp $50 million for your studio and be like, do whatever you want. We're not going to give you any restrictions on, okay, well, you know, you need to do this or send this kind of message or whatever. Just do your thing and mm-hmm. build out this world. And I think it would pay off huge for any studio that did it. Yeah, no, I totally agree. I mean, like when I when I first saw it, like I got it and almost I'm like, oh, this is sort of like a... Uh, Sort of like a, a message film more uh-huh. than anything, though, and I, and I think that's where like I got like I took I took the, I soaked in the message and kind of thought everything else was sort of just like supporting the frame of the movie. Right. But you you are right that it does have this super unique, um, way of looking at aliens. Uh-huh. Like they're just they're just there to like survive. And yeah. I was like I thought like 
that's a really cool way to look at things. I mean, uh, in terms of first contact mm-hmm. versus like Independence Day, right. where you know uh, it was funny to like to, to try to like jumpstart my ideas. Independence Day on some people's older list would be like mm-hmm. a movie that people were dying oh, to have yeah. sequels to. <laughs> that's <laughs> that's that's the difficult thing, you know. If you're looking at you know sequels, <laughs> long way sequels, like you know, Top Gun Two yeah. is moving forward. Mm-hmm. Who knows that's gonna be any good? You know, thirty years after the first one came out, or whatever. Yeah, the top first Top Gun came out like long way to sequels don't always work out, but you know, like you know, ten years or less, I still think you know, I'm Legend would have an audience. Will Smith is mm-hmm. still huge. And sci-fi movies typically, if they're unique and well done, you know, you you look at you know Life or Alien Covenant, yeah, they get generally pretty good reviews. Plus, do decently well at the box office. So Arrival too. I mean, exactly. that, Arrival sort of. Uh, I, I mean, I love the movie, so I'm a little bit biased here, but I felt like that breathed new life into, or at least it was the perfect encapsulation of science fiction. Same thing with District Nine or mm-hmm. um, Elysium too. Like they they have this idea at heart for humanity or the world we're in today Mm -hmm. just presented in different ways and how you do that can you know that's i think that's what science fiction is about in a a lot of ways you know um to whether people recognize it or not Mm -hmm. but yeah absolutely i I think district nine is a perfect movie did you have any other uh, suggestions i do i have one other suggestion and this is the one I would love to see go down, but it would it would be against the filmmaker's wishes. It would be it would ruin um, the the point behind the entire movie. But it's Inception. Okay. I mean, Christopher Nolan's. Uh, I think he won a couple Oscars. Uh, yeah, I believe yeah. So. Uh, and you know, uh, the the like I mentioned earlier, it's the top. I mean, for you know, does it stop spinning or? You know, does it keep on spinning? And you know, Christopher Nolan and every in, in every interview for every movie he's done since, he's had to answer this question. Like, and he'll say something along the lines of, "Well, it's up for you to decide." Exactly. The idea is he just doesn't care anymore. He leaves it spinning. He's not ready to point a gun in his head anymore. Yep. And I'm like, okay, yeah, but is it? You know, what happens? But he set up this awesome world where. People are invading other people's dreams, and it's like a heist movie um, with you know a star-studded cast: Tom Hardy, Ellen Page, uh, Joseph Gordon-Levitt, mm-hmm. you know, um, and who else? I can't even think who pops up there. But you know, phenomenal people: DiCaprio, of course, mm-hmm. obviously. But yeah, you know, and it would never happen. But I would so love to revisit that world with Ellen Page and Michael Caine and. Um, everybody else that was a part of what it. would what would your pitch be for a sequel you know is nolan back who's who what cast is back what's what's the story here you know ideally nolan's back uh-huh. but this centers around joseph gordon levitt okay because he's the protege yeah. he's now the mastermind behind all of this Cobb is out of the picture either with his family or stuck in a dream state mm-hmm. on board the flight from Los Angeles to Australia right. for the rest of his life or whatever the case is. And it would probably be him continuing that with Tom Hardy, probably in tow too. Ellen Page, of course, is the, the master architect now who's, you know, mazes are so elaborate that they're confusing realities mm-hmm. for, you know, the people in them. Uh, you know, I don't know where else we could go, but I would just love, love to see Nolan, jo- Christopher Nolan and Jonathan Nolan's minds collaborating again, again on an idea like that would it answer would it answer the top question no i don't think you can touch no. that okay. i think that's i think that's like holy territory that you just yeah. lay off because they, they 
Because then if you answer it, then half the audience is going to be like, yeah, I was right. The other half is going to be like, no, you're wrong, mm-hmm. Christopher Nolan. That's not that's yeah. not what actually happened. Chris isn't like isn't known to – he's known to pit audiences against each other. Uh-huh. I mean, some people think Bruce Wayne's dead at the end of right. uh, Dark Knight Rises. You know, he, he likes to linger those questions, mm-hmm. um, but generally never answers any of them. Yeah. So the uh, other options I had, uh, I had I'm Legend as one. Mm-hmm. Totally agree with everything you said there. I would this this would probably never happen uh, unless something changes drastically in the next couple of years. But I'd love a sequel to Chronicle uh, ah. because we have so many superhero movies going back into that world that is different. You know, I would love to see Josh Trank get back to his roots and do his own thing and not have to worry about you know doing Fantastic Four or trying to do a Boba Fett Boba Fett movie or whatever he was going to do for Star Wars. Uh, just do his own thing. I love that world. I love the first movie. So I'd be totally down for a sequel for that. Also, I know this will probably... I think you'll be on board for this one as well. Nice guys. Uh, oh, yes. I would love to see a sequel to that with more Ryan Gosling, more Russell Crowe, mm-hmm. and a lot more of Shane Black behind the camera. I don't think that's going to happen because it didn't like make any money. It didn't do like... Yeah. Didn't get awards consideration or anything. So there's no really incentive for a studio to do it. But so much good talent involved mm-hmm. where I would love to see a second adventure in that universe. It was infuriating. I mean, it wasn't even up for consideration for like best costumes or uh-huh. anything like that. Something where you thought, oh, maybe this would be perfect for it. But, you know, like it infuriated me to watch Suicide Squad <laughs> get an Oscar and then, you know, watch like the the producers walk around and say, well, our Oscar award winning movie, Suicide. Yeah. I'm like, nah, Shane Black had more talent in 10 minutes of his film than your entire thing did. And yeah. Yeah. All right. The other thing yes. uh, we did not get, those were my suggestions and the one that totally went over my head, but that Colton brought up to us on Twitter, the other guys. Yeah. That has to, that is by far the number one option. I would totally disregard a District 9 sequel if I could get another guy's sequel because mm-hmm. if Daddy's Home can get a sequel, how can the other guys not? It is so funny. There's already. You know, they already set the seeds for Derek Jeter to yeah. tell them on their next mission. Like, you got to do it and bring Adam McKay back, Mark Wahlberg. Uh, it'd just be so fun. I would I would totally love to see another Other Guys movie. Oh, absolutely. Um, and, you know, Will Ferrell, uh, The House, I think that's his movie with yeah. Amy Poehler. It's not getting good reviews. No, it's not. I, haven't, I think it's this week. It is this week. Yeah, so I'm going to see it because I love those two people um, to death. But maybe maybe that's what he needs to, you know, finally circle back around <laughs> right. with Mark. And, you know, Transformers getting its critical mm-hmm. reception as far as it was. Maybe that's that's the kick that these guys needed to get the other guys off the ground. Adam McKay is going to come out, come out from the wilderness because I don't know what he's working on. Um, Last we heard, it was a Theranos movie with Jennifer w- Lawrence. Wasn't it like a... Uh, what was it? Exactly. Not even on the top of our heads. I can't remember what the plot of it was, but yeah. Whatever it was, yeah, it was with Jennifer Lawrence. Oh, it was about like medicine or something? Yeah, uh, the rise of Elizabeth. Um, she runs Theranos. She, yeah, the, the she like, she sells like, you know, these like illegal drugs, I think, or something like like illegal vaccinations. Or, she gets involved with it some was supposed shady to be stuff. A, yeah, she basically uh, allegedly lied her way through um, a revolutionary blood testing. Right. Uh, 
uh, the device and you know but she's ambitious and so it makes a really good mm-hmm. story for them to cover but no word on it so i mean yeah get back to get back to uh, back to the roots yeah get back to wall street do one more one more take at them get with michael keaton back guys yes uh, <laughs> you know bring you even bring like Samuel Jackson and The Rock back from the dead. Yeah, like, that, that would be hilarious. Oh, absolutely. Uh, just do something totally crazy. Or grab two more uh, all-star cops, Bruce Willis and... Oh, um, gosh, Bruce Willis. Else? No, do... Um, I'm trying to think of who else Adam McKay has worked with in the past. I mean, bring, like, Steve Carell in for a cameo. That would oh, be awesome. Yes, please. Uh, have, like, Brad Pitt. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm just going through like big short guys. I don't think Christian Bale would do it, but no. But you can get Ryan Gosling in on it. Yeah, Ryan that Gosling guy. and Brad Pitt is like oh, the yeah. new the, the new cops. That like mm. oh yes. like they're because where, where where does the other guys take place? What city? Is? I think it's New York. It's yep. in New York, New York. So have them be from like Brooklyn or something, <laughs> yes. and like there's like some case that's happening right in like the the district lines of mm-hmm. okay, well is it our case or is it their case? And then have Brad Pitt <laughs> and Ryan Gosling come in. And they're like the like the most well-known cops in the state of New York. And then sure. like, it's like, okay, we have to work together. And then the, all the hijinks ensues. Yeah. It'd be awesome. And then absolutely. Derek Jeter's like still involved somehow because mm-hmm. that'd be cool. Yeah, so. absolutely. <laughs> uh, the other guys too needs to happen. Hollywood. Uh, so is district district nine two, district 10, whatever you want to call absolutely. it. Plus I'm legend too. Mm-hmm. Uh, stop giving, you know, these like weird movies, like, multiple movies and then not give you know these really good movies nothing else yeah absolutely i mean like you know like dad to daddy daddy's home's credit uh it's a fun movie funny movie netted a hundred million dollars for the makes total sense right get it done but you know i like the accountant i don't remember there being rave reception for no i think it was like a it's basically like i'm like rotten tomatoes which isn't like the best indicator, I don't think, but mm-hmm. it was like a 55%. Like it wasn't fresh. Yeah. Uh, I don't think it made a ton of money at the box office, but it probably was profitable because I can't imagine that having a huge budget unless they're like, okay, Ben Affleck, here's $50 million to do it, which would seem odd. So it probably made its money back. But yeah, I mean, I would much rather see any of these movies we've talked about than uh, Accountant 2. Totally. And, you know, in a world rampant of, you know, squeezing every dollar out of every property it just seems like the the ones that make the most sense don't get done yep. but at the same time the directors and everyone involved with the movie are you know a-listers and you know getting them all back for it uh you know is almost an impossible task so hopefully somebody decides to up the budget and go for broke yes uh but that's all we got for the big discussion this week plus the news plus our view baby driver what do we got next week? Well, next week, we're going to swing into Spider-Man Homecoming. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. It's getting phenomenal reviews. Uh-huh. Um, I've read headlines, and I've read Twitter reactions, and so far, everybody is loving it, saying yes. it's the Spider-Man from the comics they've been dying to see, and my favorite superhero alive, so I am amped for it. Yeah. Uh, I've not read any reviews in depth, seen you know, the reactions, headlines, whatnot, and yeah, I mean, it. it is getting great word of mouth. People are comparing it to Spider-Man 2 or Spider-Man for being the best Spider-Man movie ever made, which I think is great. seems like the partnership between Marvel Studios and Sony is going to pay off big time. We're going to have a lot more about it because we're going to do a preview episode, mm-hmm. uh, which will come out uh, tomorrow on 4th of July is when you guys are hearing this. So be on the lookout for that and hear a lot more of our thoughts on 
where we think the story's going to go, what these characters are going to do, how it's going to tie into the MCU, everything else. Uh, we'll break it all down on that for you know, 40 minutes or whatever. So tune into that and be uh, tuned in next week for our review of Spider-Man Homecoming. Uh, if you enjoyed this episode, please subscribe, share, retweet, and more. Plus, have iTunes give us a five-star review with comments because if you do that, you enter to win a uh, poster pack of summer movies at the end of the year, uh, which we're going to give away to somebody who reviews us on iTunes. Plus, as if that wasn't incentive enough, it uh, just helps other people find us. It be- helps us become more recognizable on iTunes, you know, be on you know charts uh, or whatever. Just it just helps us become more easily accessible to newcomers. So if you guys aren't you know sharing this already, do so because then other people listen and that always helps us out, obviously. So that's all we got. So as we uh, leave, be sure to tell us your thoughts on everything we covered by tuning us at Friends and Film, where we receive updates on the podcast, movie news, and more. You can follow me personally on Twitter at Coops underscore hoops. And you can argue with me, Josh, at just Joshua Ryan. Thanks again for tuning in to the Friends and Film Podcast. Josh. Thanks for stopping in, everyone. And be sure to tune in next week for a review of Spider-Man Homecoming.